Welcome to the audio podcast of North River Church. You can find out more about North River and ways you can be involved at our website, gonorthriver.org. invite you to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Habakkuk. We will finish out our series called Good God this morning. And I hope for you, as it has been for me, an encouraging word from the Lord as we've been walking through this Old Testament book. There are days when I absolutely detest social media. There are days when I read things and I just think, you, you should not have said that. Or you should not have posted a picture of that. There are days when I look and I think, you know, if I could just get off completely and not have to deal with it, I probably would be better off. And yet there are moments when things happen on social media and I think, oh, like that is what it's all about. One of those moments that often happens for me is on Facebook where you open it up and it says time hop. Some of you are thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's where they bring back up in front of you posts that you've made previously. And for us, since a lot of what I post are pictures of my family, like six years ago, there's a post that'll come up and I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember the sleepless nights. I remember the craziness of life in that moment. I look back and... And in the moment, I wasn't probably enjoying it the way that I should, but I can look back and think, oh, that, oh, that was wonderful. You know, for us in life as believers, there are times when we need to press pause and we need to look back and trace the hand of God at work in our lives. Because there's moments when the clouds are dark around us, when life is crushing us, when we are wondering if we can take the next step, when we may have thought in our minds, God does not care, or God is not working, and we need to pause and to look back and to trace His hand. At work. Don't forget where we are in the book of Habakkuk at this point in the the nation of Israel's life. They had walked away from the Lord. They were living in disobedience. And Habakkuk, who is a prophet and also a priest of the Lord, is looking out and he cries out to the Lord and he says, God, how can you allow this to continue? How can you allow your people not to walk in obedience to you? How can you allow this nation that you have called out to be separate from the world around them continue to live just like the world that they are in? 
How can you just stand on the sidelines and not do something about it? If you remember, the Lord's response to Habakkuk was, I am working even though you don't see it. And I am going to bring about my perfect plan and my perfect will, even though you in this moment are not able to see it in your limited perspective. And then if you remember, God pulls back the curtain just a bit and says to Habakkuk, here's just a glimpse of what I'm about to do. I am going to bring a pagan nation in that is going to take over and take you into captivity. And that's what's coming. And as a result of that, my people ultimately will be turned back to walk in obedience to me. But there is going to be a season that you are going to have to walk through that is going to be unpleasant. And you remember Habakkuk's response. Habakkuk, after hearing that from the Lord, takes a step back and says, Hey God, hang on just a second. Are you telling me that You are going to bring in this pagan people. Do you know what they are like? Do you know the things that they have done? Do you know the approach that they take when they come in and take over another nation? I mean, we're bad, but we're not that bad. Are you really going to allow that? See, Habakkuk's tune changed from God. How could you allow your people to do what they're doing To God, how could you intervene the way that you have chosen to intervene to draw your people back to yourself? Habakkuk looked and he said, I don't don't like that. There's often moments in our lives when God's hand is at work and it's uncomfortable for us and we don't like it. And yet it's exactly what we need to get our attention To draw us back into relationship with the Lord the way He's called us to live in obedience to Him. What we see in chapter 3 is a simple and yet profound prayer. Habakkuk, who has complained on two separate occasions to the Lord, cries out to the Lord, And says, I trust you. Let's look at the text this morning, beginning in verse 1, walking through verse 19. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from His hand. And there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. 
Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of Kashan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on your horses, on your chariot of salvation, you stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging water swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place. At the light of your arrows as they sped. At the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet, I will quietly wait for the day of trouble. To come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom. Nor fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail. And the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold. And there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. That you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. That you would open our hearts and our minds. That we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit in this place. It's all in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. What an amazing closing to this conversation between Habakkuk and the Lord. Habakkuk's cry of complaint met with God's response. Habakkuk's questions met with God's confidence in his plan and his purpose being fulfilled in this world. And in light of all of that, Habakkuk steps back for a second and offers this prayer 
to God. The first part there that we encounter in verse 1 of chapter 3 is simply a description of what is going to follow. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigianoth. Now, how fun is that as a word? Like, what in the world does that mean? It just simply means that this writing, this poem, or this song is put to music. In fact, it would have been sung by the people of Israel. Habakkuk simply wrote a hymn for the people to sing, declaring the truth of who God is, what He has done, what He is doing, and what He will do in the future. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame all of our discussion of the text this morning, and it's this truth. We can trust God. Because of what He has done. Because of what He is doing. And because of what He will do. In fact, this song from Habakkuk is that truth on display. I think it's important for us as we look in the context of Habakkuk writing this, to recognize that the truths that are proclaimed in this song are the same truths that we are able to cling to today when life is not as we intended for it to be. When the clouds are dark around us, when we are questioning, God, are you at work? When we are wondering, God, is your hand visible in what we are experiencing in this moment, if we can cling to the truths that are proclaimed here, it doesn't mean that our difficulties will go away, but it declares the truth that as we walk through them, God has not left us. He is with us. He is for us, and we can trust Him. Notice beginning in verse 2, as we see Habakkuk reminding us that we can trust God because of what He has done. I want you to notice as we walk through verses 2 through verse 15 this morning, all of the words that are used here are in the past. So Habakkuk, as he is calling out to the Lord, as he is offering this prayer to the Lord, what would later become a worship anthem for the people of God after they had walked through and endured what they were going to endure, this is a reminder of God's faithfulness in the past. He says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Habakkuk is about to chronicle for us God choosing His people Israel and then His provision for them throughout the Old Testament up until this point. 
In fact, if you look at this, Habakkuk is simply giving us a history of God's provision for His people. And as we hear this, let me encourage you this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, to recognize that there is a past that you have where God's hand has been at work every step of the way. For the nation of Israel at this point, and what they were about to endure, there was a fear, I think, on Habakkuk's part that maybe as they were experiencing the discipline of God, they would lose sight of the reality of God's provision for them throughout history. And that same thing can happen for us as we look at our circumstances, as we look at things that are happening in our life, when the dark clouds are covering us, there are moments when we lose sight of all that God has done to bring us to the point where we are. We'll be tempted to think that maybe God does not care. And yet, there are signposts in the history of our life that are pointing to the reality of God at work. These are the signposts for the nation of Israel. Habakkuk says, His splendor, speaking of the Lord, covered the heavens and the earth was full of His praise. His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from His hand, and there He veiled His power. This description of Moses on the mountain as God is speaking to him and calling the people of Israel out into the promised land where God says, if you will walk in obedience to me, I will go before you. I will provide for you. I will take care of your enemies. Here is who I am. Walk in obedience to me. Habakkuk remembers that and calls their attention to that. He says in verse 5, before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. Regardless of where the children of Israel went as they were walking obedience to the Lord, their paths were straight. There was no enemy who could stand against them because the Lord was for them and walking before them. Habakkuk's describing the reality of what God had done. And if we ever lose sight of the reality of what God has done in our lives, we will miss the opportunity to celebrate all that God has done for us up to this point. You know, as I look back in my own life and the signposts that I see, when I look back and remember at eight years old going to a church camp and for the very first time in that moment realizing after my pastor had shared the gospel with me that I was, even at eight years old, a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Jesus Christ has laid His life down for me. And that by faith I could receive that 
gift of salvation and that signpost at eight years old, I can look back on today and remember. And I can look back and remember at 14 years old when I believe God called me to ministry full time. And I am confident I'm standing here today because of what God did at 14. And then I look and there are moments in my life when there are paths that I wanted to take. There were plans that Michael had made that God said, no. I had plans for college to go and play baseball at a certain university after my sophomore year in college and the Lord stopped it. Closed the door completely. And I was clueless. And yet the college that I ended up going to, my wife was there. And we met. And if Michael had followed Michael's plan, that would not have happened. It's a signpost. And I continue to look and just trace God's hand at work. Church, four years ago, I was standing on this very stage, preaching in view of a call here at North River Church. And you said yes. (laughs) And we're here in this moment, and you look back and trace God's faithfulness in the past. And that's what Habakkuk is doing here, as he's looking at God's provision, God's blessing on his people. If you find yourself this morning at a point in your life where you do feel as if God is not at work, can I just encourage you this morning to just stop for a second and just look in the rearview mirror of your life and pray a simple prayer. God, remind me of your faithfulness in my life. Remind me that even in this moment when I don't know that I can see it or I certainly don't feel it, remind me what you've done to bring me here. Remind me of the time when I trusted you for salvation. Remind me of your faithfulness and your goodness so that even when it's dark, even when I don't see you working, I can look back and know that you're faithful and that I can trust you. He continues on in verse 8. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation, you stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place. If you read through the Old Testament, that actually happens. The sun stands still so that God's people can fight and win. At the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear, you marched through the earth in fury. 
You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people. For the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked. Laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors. Who came like a whirlwind to scatter me. Rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret, you trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I just envision this being sung by God's people. Imagine them recounting as they sing God's faithfulness through the generations. And if you are here this morning and you look and you wonder, I wonder if God's faithfulness has been at work in my own life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never taken that step of trusting in Jesus as your Savior. Can I just let you know this morning of one act of faithfulness in the Lord's perspective? You are here today. Hearing who God is and what He has done. And the opportunity before you this morning is to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. So that today is one of those markers in your life that you are able to look back on and say, On this day, in December of 2019, I heard the truth of who Jesus is, and I responded by faith, receiving salvation. And forever for you, this will be a marker of God's faithfulness in your life. You know, for us as a church family, we have the opportunity to look back even at the last nine years that North River Church has been in existence and to trace God's hand of faithfulness through the years. If you're new to North River, let me just say to you that from the very beginning, God has had a plan and a purpose for this church family. And for those who have been here from the very beginning, the road at times was not easy. Amen? There were days when North River Church could have ceased to exist because of difficulties, because of staff leaving, because of roadblocks that had been presented. And yet, we are here today because God's plan is continuing to unfold in the life of North River Church. And I am confident without a doubt God's desire to use this church family to reach this community has not diminished through the years. In fact, it has continued to grow. And it will continue to grow. And my prayer is that a year from now, we'll be able to look back at this message and say, I remember when we were still in that school. I remember when we would come in and have to set up and tear down. 
I remember when we had to sit on those hard benches. I remember when. I remember when. For us as a church family, we have the opportunity and will continue to have the opportunity to look back and see God's hand at work in the life of our church. I want you to notice that Habakkuk doesn't stop this song just looking back. In fact, the verb tense changes from 15 to 16. Habakkuk goes from talking about what God has done in the past to what God is doing in the present. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this second truth. We can trust God because of what He is doing. Notice verse 16, Habakkuk writes, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Why is Habakkuk writing that? I mean, he's just recounted God's faithfulness in the past. I mean, shouldn't that cloud everything else moving forward? But don't forget where Habakkuk stands at this point. Habakkuk knows what's coming. Habakkuk knows exactly what is going to transpire, that the Chaldeans are going to come in and they're going to take Israel captive and they are going to cart them back off. But Habakkuk, in this moment, even in the terror, even in the fear, even, he says, when rottenness is eating me alive from inside, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. I want you to notice that. Who's Habakkuk talking about? The Chaldeans. Habakkuk says, I am absolutely terrified, Lord, but I'm going to wait quietly. I am going to trust you because they are going to get what's coming to them. So in that moment, Habakkuk says, God, I can trust you. Notice verse 17, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. That description is exactly what is going to happen. That description is exactly what the Chaldeans did to every people and every nation that they conquered. What better way to discourage people from wanting to be back in their own homeland than to completely wipe out everything about it? Buildings destroyed. Crops destroyed, livestock destroyed, everything that they could ever 
hope to want in their homeland is gone. Yet Habakkuk says in verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk knows what is coming. And let's all be honest with one another. If we knew what was coming, if we knew what we were about to endure, walking through difficulty like what they are about to endure, most likely the last thing we would say is, I will rejoice. But that's exactly what Habakkuk says. In this moment, right now, regardless of what is going to come, Habakkuk says, God, I trust you and I will rejoice in you. Let's pause for just a second. What happens? When in this moment, you are experiencing incredible discouragement. What happens when life as you thought it would be is not what you're experiencing right now? What happens when the dark clouds in this very moment, as you sit here, they are covering you? Habakkuk says, even in that, I trust you. One of the most difficult things for all of us to hear when we are in those moments is for someone meaning well to say to us, just trust God. Because in those moments, it sounds hollow. In those moments, it doesn't really connect. In those moments, it seems very callous to hear those words. And I want you to hear my heart this morning. I'm not saying those words because they're a magic formula that makes everything better. But what I am saying is God's faithfulness in the past should cause us in the present, regardless of our circumstances, to trust Him. And so I want to encourage you this morning, people have said this before, you're either walking through difficulty right now, you've just come out of difficulty, or you are about to head into difficulty. If you're not experiencing difficulty or strain or frustration or the dark clouds that we've talked about that Habakkuk is talking about here right now, can I just help you think through the reality that most likely that's coming? And today is the opportunity for you to place the anchor that will sustain you through those dark seasons in the Lord. To cry out right now, I trust you.
Habakkuk closes out not only saying that we can trust God because of what he's done and what he is doing, but looking forward to what he will do. Verse 19, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Regardless of what is coming, for those who call the name of Jesus, those who are believers, let me say it this way. If it all goes south from this point forward in your life, you have Jesus and He is enough. If the diagnosis comes, if the problems in your marriage continue, if your kids are still crazy, And nothing changes about your circumstances. Can I just encourage you as a believer here this morning that is gathered together. You can trust the Lord because of what He is going to do. God is faithful to His people. God is for us. God is working in our lives to bring about His perfect plan and His perfect will. And we are heading towards the culmination of history as we know it when Jesus Christ will split the heavens and come back for His church and we will reign with Him for eternity. Our best days, truly, are ahead. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are thankful. Once again, for your word, we are thankful for the truth that is proclaimed. Father, we're thankful this morning for an honest prophet who is struggling, who is calling out to you with complaints, who is bearing his soul. For the fact that, God, you respond. And you remind him of your faithfulness. You remind him of your goodness and your mercy. And you bring him from the brink of despair to the place where he can call out and say, God, I trust you. Father, this morning as we're gathered, I have no doubt that there are those in this room who have never taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And for them this morning, they have an opportunity to call out, I trust you. With their words this morning to say, I can't save myself but I know Jesus can save me. And I believe that He is the Son of God. I believe that He came to this earth, that He died on the cross and paid the debt of my sin, that He rose from the grave, that if I place my faith and trust in Him, I can be saved. 
Father, would you give them the strength and the courage to do that this morning, to be able to look back forever at this day, to see the signpost of your faithfulness in bringing them here and saving them. Father, would you help us as we look around No doubt that there are people here that are walking through difficult circumstances, walking through struggles, whether it be in their job or in their family or marriage or whatever the struggle may be. Would you help them this morning to call out and to say, God, I trust you. I know my circumstances look bleak. I know that they may not be alleviated in this moment, but God, I trust you. I trust your hand is at work. I trust that you're working for my good and for your glory. God, I trust you. Father, for us who are looking out at an uncertain future, not knowing what may come tomorrow, Would you help us to trust you? That regardless of what may come, we know we can take comfort in the fact that you are at work in our lives. That ultimately your will will be done. That ultimately we will spend eternity with you. Help that this morning give us courage and strength to walk in obedience to you today. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.